0: Welcome to the Ultra Running and Business Podcast, a random mix of running, people, performance, and business content. I'm Jakob, your host, and this is the Ultra Running and Business Podcast. So what's coming your way in this episode? Well, this is in fact repurposing content from a recent discussion I had during Energy Trading Week where I had the opportunity to chair and moderate a session here i was given the chance to invite four business leaders from my network to our virtual panel so we were discussing how their companies have turned the circumstances of the past months into opportunities to opportunities that may become permanent changes going forward amongst others our discussion covered information flow and oversharing life as a trader working from home the future of working and various mental health initiatives. The guests that I had on my panel were Chris Gribben, Group Head of HR with Soccar Trading in Geneva, Laura Lauri, COO, Global Energy Management Italy with Engie, Domenico De Luca, CEO of Axpo Solutions, and Marcos Bokov, COO, Integrated Energy with AGL Energy in Australia. I commenced our session with a question to Chris Gribben, asking him specifically about information sharing and transparency, and also whether he could share his own experience on this as he joined Soccer Trading at the very start of lockdown in 2020. Over to you, Chris.
1: So when I joined first of uh, April was in the middle of lockdown and um, I was there in my basement starting with a laptop and uh, not expect, not sure what to do or how to expect it to work. But um, I found the management of the company would have got themselves well-organized uh, with communications. And I think point communication has been the key in the ramping up of communication. So the behavioral change I've noticed coming from COVID has been twofold. One is it's forced better communications. So people, uh, traders, operators got together on calls. Daily, um, and then notice more people were joining in. So they opened it up very openly. Said, "Look, we've got nothing to hide. We're just talking about business. You know, talking about volatility. We're talking about the markets." So we found is that uh, the traders were joining in, but then also operations. And for me, joining the company on first of April, I was able to learn very quickly what the commercial business is facing and what's going on. So an audience which should only be about twenty or thirty people suddenly came to about um, eighty or ninety as we've been going through the months, you know, the communications and these calls have been very well received. So we all have a good understanding of what the traders are facing. So whether you're the receptionist or the HR individual, they know what's going on in the different desks. And somebody said to me, you know, uh, when I first joined, are oh, you really going to miss meeting people? And you're really going to miss, you know, having that uh, coffee with someone and just getting the latest gossip. Well, yeah, you you move away from that, but you could say that's maybe the inefficiencies of working in an office. But it's opened up that, you know, I've now got traders saying to me, who work on the same floor normally. They say, I now know what that guy at the end of the at the end of the corridor is now doing. We're now understanding more better what's going on. So they just openly just started sharing and talking. So that's been you know, uh, something which I've seen in terms of the flow of information has been better than just the dialogue. And I think the technology and the systems allows us that. We're all in the same boat, we're all using the same system, and you all got a captivated audience. So this is where that kind of everybody being in this on the same level uh, kicks in. I think. I would also
0: imagine that, that um, perhaps historically, if the traders were having a meeting and a credit or a risk manager said, oh, can I, can I join? There might have been, in some organizations, some resistance to, uh, to, to extending that invite. Whereas if you have a, well, you know, it's an open-door policy, it might offer, you know, different individuals and different employees an opportunity to get an insight without there being, a, you know, a perceived second agenda.
1: Would you yeah, agree with that? Well, that's the, that's the second behavioral change you notice. Yeah. The barriers that you see in an office have gone away. If you see a, a manager... Uh, in his office. surrounded with lots of paperwork and people, you might not approach them because you bit maybe timid if you're a, a more junior employee. And again, by having the conference call, everyone joining in, you can be quite anonymous just to listen in. It's fine. And you get to hear what's going on. But also when you want to reach out to someone you always know is very busy at their desk, you're dropping them a, a quick WhatsApp message or a quick Teams message or whichever platform you're using. And everyone's responding back and everyone's managing the time better. You know, traders are enjoying it at times because they can actually work doing the trading and then they can switch on to when they need to sit down and speak to their risk and uh, risk of chasing people at the same time. So that behavior has changed. People have been more open and more direct as a, as a, as a, as a result of this um, situation we find ourselves in. Okay,
0: so so response times are quicker. Management is more accessible. Let's turn to you, Marcus, for a moment. Obviously, this all sounds really positive. There's improved information flow. You can get hold of people. You can get hold of your management. Is there, is there a risk of oversharing? And, and what does this do
2: to your, your management layer? That's a good question. So we see quite an increase in meetings um, over VC and then... Um, what we discover in addition that more and more topics which normally would be decided on working level are escalated to the top management. So we see more and more involvement of the executive team, which, which seems to be a bit um, a reason because you can relatively easy um, invite for a team's meeting and then suddenly uh, a lot of topics. Which are normally not discussed uh, with the executive teams are then discussed with the executive team. So we see quite a dramatic increase of meetings as well. So um, which uh, and we have also now started some initiatives. To, to kill some uh, steering co- uh, steering committees because a lot of steering committees have been also established for various projects. So we try to streamline again our organization in order to come a bit back to normal because it was quite a huge amount of meetings which have been raised. Yeah.
0: So would you say that there's been a, there's been a trend of, uh, of, of sort of dropping the accountability and just pushing things further up the chain and, and sucking yeah. management time?
2: Yes, it seems to be that some of the some, some tendency um, was there to uh, to to just t- uh, take not accountability and escalate it more to the executive team. Yeah.
0: Okay. Thank you. Uh, Domenico, just turning to you for a moment. I mean you run, a, you run a hub model already, decentralized by default. So you know your hubs already have a virtual link with, with HQ. I, I, you know I appreciate that that there is always the benefit of key individuals traveling from HQ to the hubs and, and vice versa. But have you seen an improvement in the interaction between your hubs and HQ during the pandemic
3: or, or is it or is it business as usual? So yes, uh, we have seen uh, actually an improvement, I would say, uh, because the efficiency offered by the you know by the systems we are using. So less traveling, but I think more interaction with the with the with the officers. I would say it is difficult. I mean, it's it's a, it's a difficult question. So in terms of you know, just to give a judgment, I would say we have more interaction. Uh, on the long on the long run doesn't mean that we can work like that just by having this interaction I'm not sure because I think we need also the emotional component the emotional component is much more difficult to be expressed in a video but uh, in uh in terms of efficiency in terms of how also how how we structure our discussion the message I think it has been uh this system this way of working force us to be very structured in our message so we are becoming more efficient and so I don't feel uh, I think I have met more offices in these uh, months because you know I have one down all after order uh, country by country, which would have been impossible just by traveling.
0: Yeah. No. Clear. Clear. Let's talk a little bit about what your companies have done uh, over this period, because of course companies like yours, Laura, with you know you may you may share the same logo as a part of NG in Singapore, but for all intents and purposes, it, it, I'm sure when you when you Work in a large organization like that, you you know, apart from the logo, you may not have an awful lot to do with other parts of the businesses. What what have NG done to help incentivize that cross company collaboration? So, um,
4: basically at the level of the business unit there has been an interesting, very interesting initiatives. Um, the, the XCOM, so the Executive Committee of the BU, uh, has organized once a week during the pandemic, but this is still going on now, of course, not uh, every week anymore, but every every two weeks. Uh, it's, uh, let's say, um, a presentation. So half presentation, half Q&A with the whole uh, uh, business unit. So we are talking about 1,400 people connected from all over the world and uh, it's nice because we received messages from uh, from the executive committee really on on business news so we also had market updates uh, there was also hr hr from the view giving also uh, updates on the situation and uh, one um, i think one very interesting uh, one very interesting thing is the fact that each country could present the activity during this webcast. So uh, we have presented the activities in Italy, Singapore has presented theirs, uh, UK, Spain. So it, it was really, uh, it was really great, and uh, we got to know better the activity of our colleagues, and uh, also it made it easier, you know, to relate and to relate. Maybe you know we have similar, uh, we have similar uh, um, uh, needs, similar uh, issues to solve and this one i think was one of the great um, let's say uh takeaway that we we got from uh, from this so there was i, I think really more time to uh, to share and to look into into this so we were all more open to that during this time
0: No, very good um thank you for that i think uh, i think that's a, that's a strong initiative Just switching topics completely. One thing that you that you uh, you brought up, Marcus, was uh, AGL's investment in uh, in mental health initiatives. Can you talk us a little bit through what that means concretely, please?
2: Yeah, people were after the start and the switch into um, home office. I think um, then the problem started because also kindergartens were closed, the schools were closing. And people were suffering very much, in particular when it comes to... uh when it comes to working from home, when both parts, parties, uh, both parents are working from home. So um, because it's vulnerable worker, and we started to to look particular for this one. So we asked for exemptions with the government, but also we implemented a mental health program with various components, for example, um, um, organizing private childcare, but also establishing a network of parents uh, which take care about the, the kids uh, from each other. In order to make sure um, that uh, people still are able to, to, to work properly from home. Um, in addition, you know, because the period is quite long, we have established an employee assistance program for people who are really um, um, harming themselves. So it's a kind of hotline. With yeah. uh, this psychologist, anonymous, and people are, um, are, can can call there any time, um, also during the night. It's a twenty four seven hotline um, in order to ask even for professional help, which we yeah. also um, stimulate in order to make sure um, that uh, people um, are not suffering um, from these uh, circumstances so much. And then, okay, we have also um, quite some some subcontractors. Um, we our 4.2 million customers. We have quite some call centers, which yeah. were also suffering very much on the Philippines and in India. Also there, we we try to support them to the utmost in order to make sure and also um, put a lot of. Um, communications out to our customers that yep. they should be not worried when they hear um, in the calls a lot of background noises.
1: I, I think that's a really important point you're making there, Marcus. Sorry to, if I'm just interrupting there, that, Jakob, but I, I think that globally the amount of um, information about uh, mental stress and mental awareness has just rocketed through the roof. You know, it's now it's, it, it, the phrase it's, it's okay not to be okay. And management and companies are, are recognizing that, that, that kind of, there is an awareness now of the work-life balance that we're all having to deal with. An awareness that our employees with kids and creches and schools closed and how it's affecting work. I think that's been the, you know, if there's the positives that we've got to try and take out of COVID, that's definitely one. And the marginal gains we can get from it. You know, I've been reading this uh, book from the, the career psychologist by, um, by Robert Archer. The Dr. Robert Arch. you can f- find him on LinkedIn. I found that really useful because it just tells you what are the little wins you can get each day to make your life better, to, to really come over the stress barriers or the anxiety barriers you're making. And I think that the internet has really helped us get lots of things out of it. And, and like you say, Marcus, the examples from your company are really good. And that's, that's something which I've seen at management doing a really good job, not just in our own companies, but around the world, this sort of awakening to what our employees are going through.
0: I I thought it was really interesting, Mark, because you, you also mentioned there was another there was another term that you used, which was a body system. I think last time I came across that was in primary school. Yes, uh, and and I thought it was really interesting to implement the grown-up uh, corporate equivalent to a body system. So please uh, please enlighten us.
2: Yeah, I think we discovered then also that we that we wanted to. Um that we need to stimulate um, in the leadership team, but also in the executive team um, more the communication, um, also outside work and, uh, and sharing some 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 concerns or some problems which you yeah. discover after such a while. And then we came back to our body system and then each uh, each of us has a body, and then we are exchanging um, all the day-to-day issues or private issues. Which we are discovering in order to interact, and this uh, um, is also dripped down then into the organization. And I think that's a very good uh, system in addition to all the programs which we have established here.
0: I think that's a very meaningful initiative, Marcus. Because I think one thing, and and uh, you know, Chris, just on your comment there, one thing is is to say to somebody or to say to your employees, "Oh, the door is always open, virtual or otherwise." But actually, the body system is is uh, is a more I don't know. There's something a bit more tangible about it, because I think we've all been told that a door is open somewhere. It doesn't mean that you decide to grab the handle and walk in. You know, it's uh, so I think that's that's um that's that's really good to hear, Marcus. OK, I'm going to switch and talk a little bit about opportunities, changes and constraints. question for you, uh, Domenico, your you know, your traders, like any 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 trader in these markets, have enjoyed some some uh, some some opportunities from the increased volatility during the during the pandemic. And just want to get your your thoughts on kind of now the honeymoon period firmly over. Are your traders as enthusiastic about the, the opportunity as a you know as a as a risk hungry trader in these markets? What, what's the what's your take on it?
3: Thank you well uh, as you said the uh, spike of volatility was uh, the spike of pure volatility was unique you know through through the covid that of course uh, opened up opportunity to make money, but also to lose a lot of money. So <laughs> you got to be on the right side. No? So that's uh, that's important to to mention no? because it's not uh, it's not always uh, completely correlated. Uh, but uh, but uh, definitely uh, it uh, it gets uh, it gets the people uh, very focused uh, in this moment. No, you have high volatility, and then a good trading uh, organization wants to you know to, to analyze and to take the opportunity very quickly. Now uh, this uh, was uh, concomitant with uh, you know with uh, locking down of you know full of uh, full, uh, full activities with the uh, with the lockdown and uh, and basically our traders had to work so they started in taking the position before the covid and then they had to manage this position being from home basically everybody being from home and uh, and I uh, I discussed with them of course and uh, you know to 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 understand what was their psychology in the in this period and uh, it was uh, quite interesting to to learn that uh, for many of them actually was uh, was uh, was good to communicate, as I said before. Probably in a very structured way. When you are in the trading floor, you have a much more informal communication, and this informal communication sometimes is not so structured. It's not uh, you know g- doesn't go to the point, or maybe you know you have heard, but then you are jumping on other things. So you forcing the people to stay at home and forced to have a very uh, you know very very more deep uh, analysis of the trade and force you to have a much more, uh, a better way to communicate. And this, uh, I think, has been instrumental. I th- uh, uh, that, that's something very positive. Um, I, I don't want to conclude with that. I want to say t- that this is, you know, the, that's the solution also for the future because uh, because this is something also we, we don't have enough enough data to analyze. And this has worked. That uh, how long can we work in that state? Uh, I'm not sure. So I, for sure now that many traders wants to go back to the office, yeah. um, because uh, because first of all the infrastructure they have at home is not the same as they have in the office. I mean that's uh, that's uh, that's uh, very important, and also you know this uh, being together and sharing together uh, is uh, is uh, is very important. So it's, uh, yeah, that's our experience. So
0: would you? Let's say there's a, let's say there's a cure next week. Would you, would you go as far as to say that the, that the post pandemic setup would be one that, that sets out to get the best of both worlds? Because you're talking about the emergence of different qualities in the trader. Some are more effective operators when they're sitting from home without the distractions. Some are missing the office. I can see from a talent acquisition point of view that there's a trend now emerging that obviously money has always been a sure way to you know to incentivize and secure talent, but now there's a second piece emerging, and that is how flexible is your organization and in terms of setup, not just technology wise, but also culture wise, to allow you as a, as a as a trader no disadvantage of working from home. So you know, more specific questions to you: Do you think that it's viable? post-pandemic, for a player like Axpo to have a dual setup?
3: Yeah. Well, I think so. I think, uh, of course, not uh, You know, uh, the idea of having everybody at home, uh, I don't think it's viable on the long run, but uh, it will be viable to have uh, a part of the traders uh, working from home. I consider also the skill set of the traders, As uh, I think uh, that's what uh, you were mentioning will change through the years. will evolve. It's already evolving. So we we, we see more and more quant uh, yeah. slash data scientists uh, coming into the trading floor to to you know to to have better uh, even better analysis of the data. Sure. And I think this kind of profile probably will uh, will suffer less. You know, to be not in the trading floor and to work from home. I mean, now not not necessarily on the trading side, but on risk management, I have received comments from our people. Many of them were saying. Oh, Working on, let's say, complex models, they were saying, "Well, actually, we prefer to work from home because uh, finally we are not interrupted uh, in uh, you know each uh, x uh, x minutes uh, on the week. So, the, so I mean, for many, uh, was was better because they could achieve more uh, during uh, during the speed. But once again, on the long run, I'm not sure, and of course, it's, it depends very on the individi- individual person. Okay, let
0: me let me just switch to you, Laura. A completely different subject, uh, but also something which I've, I I will classify as a bit of a an opportunity, and what sounded like a, a a great initiative from you guys, and it dovetails nicely with the future of working. Talk to me and talk to our delegates about your survey group. Uh, why it was put together and what the objectives of that group.
4: Yeah, so basically, we are started to have some team tanks on uh, reflecting on how to work in the future. You know, because this uh, this was a time that brought us uh, many changes, and some of them, uh, as you say, we want to keep because uh, it's uh, you know it's making our life in some ways better. So, in order to reflect on that, at the level of the of the business unit, basically, we have uh, created the uh, uh, let's say an initiative. Uh, so, distinct tank I was talking about, which is voluntary, meaning that people can voluntarily join and be part of that. So, anybody can be part of it. And uh, uh, next to that, there was a survey to get already so for all the people to get already some input on the future ways of working. So, uh, where people could suggest uh, uh, their. Uh, let's say uh, uh wishes for uh, for a new uh, working life in the future and uh, so the result of it will probably be for next year but uh, i'm sure that this will bring us to the next level in terms of uh, different way of of imagining our working life let's say yeah.
0: okay what do you think about an initiative like that, Chris, from a, a, an HR standpoint? Is that um, I thought it was quite meaningful. What do you think?
1: I, I, I love the idea. I, you know, the whole way of challenging and looking to change ourselves is 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 great. It's, you know, the, you have got to take positives out of this negative. The way we've seen the behavioural changes already. Let's hope a lot of these can continue. Um, you know, in a big utopian world, we would love to have a way we can just dictate and maybe create our own work-life balances that optimize the work as well as optimize home. That would be fantastic. And I think we're all trying to find how does that work? The bigger problem you face though, are sometimes elements which are out of our control, more around about maybe the country in which you're situated or working in, or the infrastructure that's being created. For example, in the UK, all the trains uh, are, are very much privatized, and those companies are reliant on commuters. So if everyone's going to work from home, no one's going to be on the trains. And this is the issue they're facing at the moment. So it's government bailouts. Um, we have all these offices, which are beautiful in Geneva and London, um, elsewhere around the world, in Melbourne. But the office leases are for years and years. You can't just suddenly ditch an office because you've still got that cost base there. So I, I, I'd love the change. I want change. And challenge ourselves, how we could manage differently, how we can empower our employees more, but how we can also ensure that the core things are being happened. But then you have these other factors outside about how do we challenge that with, you know, costs associated with lease or maybe from uh, governments having to look at how they've uh, got to rechange the whole infrastructure of their of their countries. And that's a big turnaround. So as much as I, you know, would love to see big changes, I think the changes we're going to see once we hopefully come out of this situation will be quite small uh, for some companies because they just can't uh, able to implement everything that they want to. Um, but I think we will see change. How much can we change? I don't know. Depends on how, what, it, it's, it's a, what the companies can do and also what the governments are prepared to change as well from a state perspective.
0: Guys, it's a wrap. But I, I, w- I will <laughs> thank all of you guys for your time this morning. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I hope our delegates have to That's it for this week. This was the Ultra Running and Business Podcast. I hope to see you back next week for more randoms around running, people, performance, and business content. I'm Jakob, your host, and this was the Ultra Running and Business Podcast. For more information about everything that goes on here in this business, you may want to follow me on LinkedIn. For anything that goes on in my world on the trails and in ultra running, you may want to jump onto Instagram and follow the Danish Ultra Runner. Thank you again. Bye-bye.